Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast. Bit of a rush today. Caught at the ABC this morning with Michael Rowland, a well-dressed man. Video of that in my section. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances, if it's advice at all. Yesterday, I loaded the On the Couch podcast with John Abernathy. Have a look in my section or on the homepage of the website for the John Abernathy On the Couch podcast. We talk about everything everything from are interest rates ever going back to 10% and staying there forever do you remember in the 80s you used to be able to buy a gilt in the UK or a bond over here which yielded you 10% and that was your retirement formula wasn't it that you made your million pounds or your million dollars put it in a risk free bond earned 10% 100,000 pounds a year or dollars per year and that was you done for retirement worst thing that ever happened to retirees was interest rates going to 0% but then now back to 5%. Henry had a section in his piece a couple of days ago or this week pointing out the bank accounts that now pay you 5% risk-free. Well, assuming the banks don't go bust, of course. So we're halfway there. I think the average retiree investor, I sent a survey out a few months ago asking what were people's retirement formulas and the average expectation was to earn $100,000. This is Marcus Today members, probably not the whole population of Australia. The average expectation was to earn $100,000 a year, which meant that you needed to, and that dictates how much capital you need. So some of you, of course, wanted $200,000 a year. So you need twice as much capital. And then it's all about what the average return is. Most of you assumed 7%, take off a bit of tax, 5%, in which case, in order to make hundred thousand dollars a year to meet your expectations happiness is expectations met in order to meet your expectations at five percent you would need two million dollars to make hundred thousand dollars a year so that dictates how much capital you need in retirement so now with bank accounts paying five percent risk-free depends how long you tie them up for you can do three or four months and get 5.6 percent i believe don't email me and ask me which bank i will end up googling the same as you but say you can get five percent risk-free now that means that the average expectation of $100,000 a year is being met if you have $2 million in your nest egg. So are we ever getting back to 10%? If we were to double interest rates from here, of course, you need half as much capital. So we discuss that with John. We also discuss higher for longer. How long are interest rates going to stay up? What are interest rates going to stay at? And we also discuss wine, the World Cup, work from home, and lots of other topics beside. So that podcast is, as as I say, is on the homepage or in my section. Also, the ABC video, did I mention that already, is on or, or is in my section. Don't think I said anything terribly meaningful. I talked about that precipitous tingle I've been having over the last couple of days. Now, in the technical section, which I did at Sparrows this morning, you will see that finally the US markets, Dow Jones, S&P 500, plus the Australian markets, every Australian index from the All Ordinaries down to the ASX 50, are all oversold on a daily basis. Daily charts are not as meaningful as weekly charts, but we've got ourselves oversold on the Australian market for the first time since March this year, which is saying nothing more simple than the market's been going down quite rapidly rapidly recently. Even if there was a daily buy signal at this point, I don't think I would be chasing it. We need more meaningful pivot points 
to get our portfolios out of cash. We're in cash at the, at the moment in our ideas portfolio, strategy portfolio, Macquarie one stock portfolio and BHP one stock portfolio. And can't see the material pivot points in any of those happening at the moment, but oversold on a short term basis, not oversold yet on a weekly basis. And as I wrote yesterday, there is just no point at this stage doing anything cute, trying to go against the herd. Our job is to watch the herd and watch the herd for when it changes mood. It's not ours to be contrarian and stand against the herd. The herd is still pretty disinterested in the stock market, it has to be said. And as I say, when volatility picks up and you start seeing currencies like the US dollar going up and bond yields taking two weeks to take on board the Fed's message of higher for longer, or you better believe it, you start to get that little feeling that maybe the market's just suddenly going to lose its pants for a moment. If it did, I don't think it would be too precipitous. It's not like there's a global financial crisis. It's not like Swiss cheese holes are opening up in bank balance sheets or anything like that. There is no earnings cancer, probably quite the opposite at the moment. So I think we would just be having a wobble rather than a precipitous moment from this point. But it was just getting a little bit quick. It was just accelerating a little bit at the end of last week, beginning of this week. So not standing in the way of that. So still sitting in cash as you know. The interesting part of the overnight was a couple of weak economic numbers, PMI numbers in the US, ADP employment numbers. Both came in weaker than expected. That takes the pressure off bond yields, which came off overnight for the first time in quite a while. Also helped, of course, by a 5% fall in the oil price. And that comes on the back of a realization that September saw oil price or oil demand drop away unseasonally, lowest seasonal demand in September in 22 years. A combination of factors, apart from rain in New York, storms in the Northeast, and of course, a 30% oil price rise. We also saw the stockpiles number, which jumped materially higher than expected, which suggests or reflects that lower oil price demand in the last month. The oil price costs have been pressuring inflation, which has been pressuring bond yields and keeping the Fed higher for longer. So if the oil price comes off, there's some suggestion that we could see higher for longer become higher for not quite as long and it's some equity market relief. But I think it's early doors to be calling that. And you've got to bear in mind that even though the oil price came off today, if even if it peaked out here, you're not going to see that show up in the inflation numbers until December. We've got an inflation number out of the US on Thursday. We've got an inflation number out of Australia on 25th of October. Not that our inflation numbers matter at all, quite honestly. But the US one reflects, or the one coming up next week, reflects September. There was no relief in the oil price. In fact, it went from $80 to $93 in September. So the oil price was up. So that CPI number is going to be under pressure again. And even if it peaks out now, which is October, that's not going to show up until the CPI report in November. That won't be trusted till December. You can see what I'm saying. We need more than a short-term peak in the oil price to change the inflation trajectory and the bond market trajectory. So for equities, I think we might be having one good day, but it's certainly not a market bottom. And that's the headline of my section today. So remaining cautious, despite a little bit of relief overnight on the bond market front. And the interesting part of that, of course, is that whilst bond yields quite materially came off the top, the equity market is simply not impressed in Australia. We have been up 23 and then dropped to be down five, currently up 13. Dow futures and the Nasdaq futures non-committal, both pretty much unchanged at this point in time. Energy sector, the worst 
worst performing sector today, as you might imagine, down 1.76%. And I've already had an email saying, should I sell energy or a particular energy, Karoon? Should I sell Karoon? It's been overbought. I think if I was sitting on a profit, I was a trader sitting on a profit in oil stocks or energy related stocks or ETFs at the moment, having seen a 30% rise in the oil price in three months, I would be counting my lucky stars. And I have to say, when you see sharp falls, like a 5% fall in the oil price, even though it may not follow through immediately into a downtrend, those sort of sharp movements at the top and bottom of strong trends do tend to ring the bell at the top and ring the bell at the bottom. So it may well be that 5% drop in the oil price last night rang the bell at the top for the oil price, in which case I would not be put off taking a profit in energy stocks at this point in time. Gold sector, the best performing sector today. It is so fickle, isn't it? You just don't know from one day to another. The main driver for the gold price is the US dollar. US dollar down, gold up. That's the equation we have today. Could reverse tomorrow. Very hard sector to get right. So that's about it. Banks doing okay today. Uh, We have coming up, apart from those inflation numbers, we've got the FOMC minutes next week, which will report on the higher for longer and you'd better believe it FOMC meeting, which is doubtless going to be hawkish. We also have coming up, and I've written it up and put a calendar, thank you Oliver, in my section today of US results coming up. Have a look at that. Always starts with the big financials, then follows into big tech. Generally speaking, the results season in the US tends to be well managed. They're big companies, they manage expectations. There are no major surprises, and they usually retain a little bit of joy for the announcement day. So the results season is generally a positive, and of course the big hope is that it will kick off another trade in AI, another irrationally exuberant moment we can make some money out of. I think it's probably asking a little bit too much, although Goldman Sachs upgraded NVIDIA ahead of results, which is a little bit not ominous, a little bit interesting that brokers do that just ahead of results, tends to suggest they might know something. And they also talked up that big tech results would be a catalyst for the markets. So they're expecting good stuff. The investment banks report soon. I can't say the last three months has been a good backdrop for investment banks. They need a bull market. There has been a couple of good IPOs in the last quarter, but generally speaking, a pretty shabby backdrop. Anyway, results season coming up for the US third quarter results season. And after that, of course, we have the big bank results coming up. All the big banks except for the CBA, so NAB, Westpac, ANZ, all reporting results in November. And we're in the getting into the usual runway into those the month or so ahead of those results tends to be a period of outperformance for those banks. Banks have been performing reasonably well. They quite like higher interest rates. Property markets held its own So results should be okay. And this is a weak spot in the market like this is the sort of time you might collect those ahead of what you hope will be a rally into results. Although I have to say, the whole market lacks a bit of momentum at the moment. Don't think there's going to be a party. Right, that's about it. As I say, as I leave you, our market up 16, resources down, energy down. Most of the rest of the sectors are up. Some of the best performers today are gold stocks, Northern Star up 3.7%. ResMed's coming back again. 
and Goodman Group, a bit of interest rate relief. REITs are, have a look at the technical section, REITs, infrastructure, tech, telecoms, IT sectors, and small ordinaries, all at, all oversold, some of them at 52-week lows at the moment. So REITs, if there was any interest rate relief, the REIT sector would bounce. And the moment we get one good day, there you go, Goodman Group up 2.1%. Tech stock also, tech stocks also do a bit better. So we've got tech doing okay today, zero. Telstra is up today. Telstra is always a buy on weakness for income. Right, that's about it. Dow futures down 18, NASDAQ futures up two points only. Irrelevant. You have a good afternoon. I will be back tomorrow. Thank you.